Hey, you found us. It's the Ben and Matt Sportscast. I'm Ben Glixman with my tag team partner, Matt Story. And Matt, it took four quarters, but we finally got the shootout we wanted in ASU's 51-41 win over Cal. Yeah, yeah. I think it was pretty close to the final score we both predicted, but it certainly didn't, didn't get there in the route that I think we both expected. ASU struggled early. It was uh, 17 to 3, and until 124 left in the first half, ASU finally punches in a touchdown on Manny's first of three touchdown runs. But then the ASU secondary does what it does best and allows Cal to march right back down the field for a score in under a minute and a half to make it 24 to 10 at halftime. And then yeah. I don't know what happened. It's a tale of two halves in this game because the first half. The offense looks slow. Kalen Balazs hurts his knee. The defense can't stop anybody. You know, Davis Webb is having his way with the ASU secondary. Even Kareem Moore uh, mm-hmm. was struggling when he was trying to cover that kid Hanson for them. Right. But, but we come out in the second half, and all of a sudden, everything's a little different. Yeah, and, and you know, um, my biggest takeaway from last night was I was remembering the previous week, and... And remembering that in spite of, you know, how ugly it was against San Antonio, that my, my hope, and it was just a hope at that point, was that, you know, a game like that where you come back from down a couple scores in the second half would pay dividends later on because you'd, you'd be facing better teams, but you'd at least have the belief that you can do it. And I think it happened last night. You saw, um, you saw a different team, but you, you also, you know, they stayed patient. And that, looking back... Um, is what I think is impressive too. Is you know they didn't they didn't forget about the run game. Um, they took the field goal, went down by ten. Even though the you know the impatient fan in me wanted them to go for it there on fourth and a yard or two, um, but you know you, you stayed patient. You didn't try to you know make it all up in 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 one series or one big play or a bunch of big you know you you just you know you went about your business and you got the job done. And um, offense was great in the second half, and and the defense was good enough you know and that's that's kind of the way this this season's gonna have to be I think um it's gonna have to be a defense that that just makes a a few plays here or there and the offense gonna have to carry the water and you know work last night at least apparently if you need a turnover you need to wait till the fourth quarter but then you'll get multiple yeah (laughs) yeah I mean a lot of times they do come in bunches that that seems to be a uh, you know, a, a football truism, and, and that happened last night. Boy, we'd gone, what, 15 quarters of the season with with two turnovers total, and then we, we topped that number in one quarter. Um, and you know what? They came at the right time. I'll take, uh, you know, I'll take three in the fourth quarter over uh, any in the first quarter any time. Yeah, absolutely. And the three in the fourth quarter, the first one, Salamo Fizo, welcome back, finds himself in the right spot. Uh, on the TV broadcast, you know, I couldn't really see it, but from the radio, what it sounded like was apparently Fizo took two steps to the flat and Webb just lost track of him when he jumped back in the middle to read that crossing route yeah. post. Yeah, and, and it quite, you know, it honestly felt, again, not knowing a ton about X's and O's, but felt very similar to what happened on the next possession when Mokiola did the same thing, it looked like. Um, you know they were they were similar throws. They were kind of you know short stuff over the middle where where he had you know he'd made some money earlier in the night and uh, you know again it's a it's I don't know if they plan it this way but you know risky formula to give him you know 
all those easy throws, but boy, when you could take them away when they matter most, I guess I guess it worked out. And Davis Webb ended the day 32 of 56 for 478 yards and five touchdowns to go with the two picks. <laughs> and the fumble, because let's not uh, yeah. forget the, the, the icing on the game was right? the Karan Crump strip sack. Sack fumble, yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, the, the numbers are astronomical. I mean, you, you know, uh, 600 almost 650 yards we allowed and and you know uh, you you just mentioned the passing numbers and you can't you can't look at those numbers and say the defense played well I'm not going to say that but and 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 maybe this is a little you know Stockholm syndrome type of thing in me but I almost felt like the the defense was okay last night you know maybe I've just gotten used to seeing bad defense and and so it softened me up but um, you know, it, like you said, it took the offense a long while to get into the game. And, and if the, you know, if Cal's offense had been operating smoothly the whole first half, that game's out of hand, you know, that, that could have easily been a 28 point game at the half instead of 14. And then coming back becomes a whole different thing. So, uh, you know, it wasn't a great defensive night, but, uh, it was okay. Given what I thought might happen. Yeah, I mean, I think you can start with how uh, Kareem Orr did on Chad Hansen. Mm-hmm. Hansen wound up with 10 catches and 100-plus yards, but or, you know, it's not Orr's fault that the guy makes a circus catch on the sidelines. Sure, it, sure. On, I mean, on a, guys, you know, yeah, he's yeah, on scholarship, he's really too, as you've said. Exactly, <laughs> exactly. You know, he's really good. He made a couple great plays. Um, but, I mean, I was listening. I You know, I didn't it, – it's, it's harder – you know, there in person, you kind of don't realize who's who's catching each pass. But, uh, you know, I listened to the radio on the way home, and, and they pointed out he only had two catches after halftime. So um, I don't know if it was, you know, it looked like the same defensive strategy. I saw Orr up on him a lot in the second half, just as he was in the first. Um, but, you know, whatever he did, he, he improved what he was doing in the first half and, and pretty much made him a non-factor after halftime. Yeah, it was one of those things where it felt like for much of the game, other than on Hanson's touchdown catch, Orr was in the right spot. He was. And it was just yeah. it was just a talented receiver making a play. And I think you saw that borne out in the fourth quarter when Hanson and Orr were running down the sidelines and Kareem turned around and flipped the ball yeah. on the tip. And yeah. you know Yeah, which was a heck of a play. Yeah. I mean it's the type of play we haven't seen a lot from our DBs. we also saw a play like that from Gump Hayes, which I don't know about you, but it shocked me. Uh, I mean, you know, he's he's been routinely beaten deep, and and he ran right with him. Probably should have had an interception. You know, it would have been an acrobatic catch, but he was right right in the perfect position and made the play to break up the pass. So, uh, you know, again, it's it's a work in progress. It is a very leaky defense, um, but you know they they are able to plug some leaks as the game goes along. I, you know, go back to last week when they pretty much just allowed that one drive to start the half, and that's it. Got a bunch of stops in a row when we were coming back. Go back to Texas Tech, you know, we, we pull away there because we were scoring on every drive, and we, I think, got stops on three straight possessions of theirs. So, I mean, it, it, you know, again, it's, it's not a formula that makes for very um, comfortable watching, but, you know, so far it's been, it's been working. We're 4-0, and you make no apologies for 4-0. Yeah, it's one of those things where in this game, I feel like you saw, and, and it's been throughout the season to get to Forno, but you've seen the defense do things that make you think, okay, they can get it right. They can start clicking. 
Um, you know, the open field tackle on the bubble screen, mm-hmm. I, I I can't remember. I think it was Armand Perry. Armand Perry, who it just, was, yeah. Who just yeah. lined him up. in. It's that tunnel play that John Lynch used yes. to talk about where there was blocking on either side, and it was a one-on-one play in between the blocking, and he made it. And Yes, yes, you know, absolutely, and a huge play. I mean, uh, you know, it was I, – I don't remember what the – Situation was, and was that when it was tied? I think so. It was, maybe? Yeah, um, it was either uh, that or on the field, or, or with it a field goal game. It was still. It might have been. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it was, it was a big play, no doubt about that. You know, um, and and uh, you know, we needed we needed every one of those plays. Um, you know, again, I, I listened to the radio on the way home, and Graham's on the radio, and he, you know, he said, and I hope this is true. Basically, you know, he's attributing some of the defensive struggles to just, you know, coaching up young guys. That's that was his big point. You know, we got to coach up our young guys and continue to get them better. I hope that's the case because that's something that can can work and can work this year, um, and and you know can make this defense in November better than what it has been in September. And and that would would be helpful. I mean, it's it's hard to win games when you have to score this many points. You can do it, and we've done it a couple times now, but it's not an easy formula. And, and you know, it's a formula that's going to be tested when you're playing better defenses. You know, I mean, you talk about UCLA, and you, you know, uh, you know, they're they're kind of a playing a Stanford style football now, and so you can't count on scoring 50 points against them. Oh no, I mean, this is this is one of those times where we caught a team who had a bad defense. But actually, their defense, Cal's defense, looked okay. It I, did. You know? It did. Yeah. I mean, they, you know, for for coming in with the reputation of of oh, they're a terrible run defense. Boy, they they stifled our run game for most of the first half. Now, you know, I, I read the Republic article, and they, you know, guys have talked about, hey, we want to we want to be the team that wears down other teams, and it looked that way a little bit. You know, the run game got better, and that's why you stick to it, even when it's not working, even when you're down by a couple scores. You keep pounding on it, and you hope that it breaks, and it, it did break a little. But, but yeah, I mean, they you know they didn't let us run at will really all night, um, and well, really it was Manny's running yeah. that got the job done. Uh, you know, he he was the one who kind of took over the game there at the end of the first half, just ran the ball over and over and over, and got us in the end zone, and you know gave us some momentum going into the break. Ultimately, Manny ended twenty three carries for seventy two yards with three touchdowns, mm-hmm. and he. You know, with Balaj out in the first half, I agree with you. He really took ownership of the running game. Not to take anything away from Demario Richard with 19 carries and 66 no. yards, but but Manny was running his own read and draws. And they at one point in the first half they were playing a spy on him, and he was still running away from the spy. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know what? What I think you saw, you know, Demario Richard's a heck of a back. But he's he's a bruiser. He's not an explosive big play kind of back. I mean, if he gets a big hole, yeah, he can have a twenty plus yard run. But he's he's not that type of runner like Balage is. And so with Balage out, we were missing that element. And it it kind of seemed like they figured out Manny's that element. You know, we don't we don't maybe have the running back to place there. So Manny's it. You know, Manny's a fast guy. He's a he's a you know quick twitch kind of runner. Um, and and it worked out. You know, and I. I couldn't be much more impressed by him last night. I mean, you know, I don't want to say he looked like uh, Joe Montana, but but he looked good, very good. Yeah, well, especially in the second half. In the first half, he obviously he had the pick. It took a while for the offense to get rolling. But in the second half, 16 of 20, 228 yards, 
a throwing touchdown, and he was delivering the ball on target. You know, he, he was. there was the barrage drop that that should yeah. have gone for a first down. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, he he, you know, I think I read he was sixteen to twenty in the second half, and and you're right, one of those was a drop, and and there were a couple times. Um, one play I can remember in particular, and I don't remember the exact time of the play. It was the fourth quarter, but. It, it showed a progression from him because he he stood in the pocket and he made a good throw. And we talked about during the game how it seems like he's you know quick to run, quick to just tuck the ball and run. Um, but you know there was a play in the fourth quarter where he he you know the first read wasn't there and he stood in and he delivered a good ball to Jalen Harvey who made a nice catch and a heck of a game for him. As a, as a side note, he was really good. Um, but you know that that to me showed progression that he's. You know, he's gaining experience, which is, you know, look, that's that's the case. It's it's still, you know, it's his fourth career start. Um, he's not a finished product by any means, and, and you kind of don't want him to be a finished product at this point. You want him to get better, and, and you're seeing that growth each game, I think. I absolutely agree. I mean, Jalen, well, quickly, Jalen Harvey ended with five catches for 83 yards, and there were a couple in the first half where he was missed, and he could, yeah. and it could have been even a bigger day for him. But I remember during the first half, I texted you and I said, I feel like when the pressure gets into Manny's face, he rushes the throw and it's not good. And then in the, especially the third and fourth quarter, he was, he had guys at his feet, he had guys in his face and he stood in the pocket and he made the throw. And I was very impressed by that. Yes. Going to your point about growth, the fact that he could in within the game, make the adjustment and say, look, I'm going to take a shot, you know, and it's fine. Yeah. 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 I mean, I, you're seeing him get better every game. And, and I, you know, I said this to you after Texas Tech, I, and I, I say it with even more, uh, you know, assured feeling that, you know, he, he's taken command of the job. And, you know, for all the rumination and hand-wringing that we did and, and a lot of other people did in the offseason about, you know, why hasn't somebody emerged and are we going to be, you know, questioning the quarterback every week? Are we going to be going musical chairs at quarterback? Um, this is as good as you could hope for guy who is, he's, you know, from, from game one, he's played every meaningful snap and he's played well and he's shown he can play better when it matters most. You know, that's, that's the thing about quarterbacks. A lot of them are good, but can you be good on third down? Can you be good in the fourth quarter? Can you be good when you're down a score and you need a drive? You know, he's shown he can do that. And so, uh, you know, I couldn't couldn't be. I mean, look, I don't know what his ceiling is. I'm not sure. I'm not saying he's going to go on and win a Heisman or something like that. But he's proven to be a good quarterback, which is about as you know. That's what you hope for when you have this battle and it goes into week one and who's going to be the starter. And you know what you wanted was after four weeks to think, okay, we got our guy. He's good. We're you know we're feeling fine. And I think that's exactly how it's played out. Yeah, I mean, he's done a great job. This was his first Pac-12 action, really, at all. Yeah. And he was he was good in all facets, throwing the ball, running yeah. the ball, punting the ball, which is yeah, what you want from yeah, your quarterback. Yeah. Two punts inside the five. Uh, I wish we'd been able to, to do a better job on defense when that ball's inside the five. I think they... They, uh, I know they scored on the first one. The other one, I think they got off the goal line, at least, and then they we stopped them later on. Um, on the drive, but, but yeah, I mean, you know, that play works and, and, uh, you know, as long as you can keep it in the bag, Hey, great. Uh, you know, and it's, it's a tough play for, a, for an opponent because look, if you drop a guy back, cause you think, Oh, he's just going to punt it. Well, you know, you can always, 
I mean, that's what you always see. They come out like they're going to go for it. They look to the sideline, and then I think they get the signal, okay, we're going we're gonna to go ahead and change formation and punt the ball. But no returner back there. All you got to do is kind of dribble it down there and, and down it right there inside the 10 somewhere. Yeah, and there's always the possibility if a team tries to sprint a corner or a safety back that that leaves sure. an opening. And you leave somebody open, and yeah, yeah. So, I mean, you kind of have to play it honest if you're the opponent, even if you're thinking, well, you know what this is going to be. You know, you can't, you can't uh, totally react to it because then, you know, you can always fake that, and you got a quarterback out there. It's not like a fake punt. You, you have a quarterback who can make a throw. Yeah. On the, on the receiving core side i i think that you know tim white jalen harvey huge games cam smith yeah. was there when he needed it um really the first time you got nothing from Nikhil harry he had a penalty he had one catch for seven yards yeah yeah it was a it was a tough day for him i mean he made a big catch on a third down i believe in the fourth quarter um and and so that was good to see him do something but but yeah i mean you know look it's it's uh First of all, I think there's a little bit of an element of, hey, now teams teams know him. He's not going to catch teams by surprise. He's got, you know, three games coming into this one, now four on film. They see what he does, um, and they're going to try to take some of that away. And that's that's the new challenge for him now is to adjust to those adjustments. That's that's what great players do. They, you know, they get defensive adjustments against him. They adjust back. Um, and we'll see if he can do that. I think he can, you know. Um, but I think also it was it was potentially, uh, and and you know without me spelling out what this means, I think you'll know what it means. It was a little bit of a Winston Wolf type of situation with him. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he, he spent the last week telling everyone, you know, hearing about how great he was, and yeah, you know, maybe not quite Jalen Strong territory just yet. Still got to keep working. One of those things. Absolutely. But I will say, the receiving core, this game did look a lot more like Texas Tech. Eight different receivers caught at least a ball. Yes, um, yes. And I think the play of the game, especially from a play-calling standpoint, was J.J. Wilson's first yeah. catch, 30-yard touchdown, which caught everyone napping. Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, some some creative, uh, you know, not just play-calling, but but execution of plays. I mean, that, that was a play-call. But then there were some others that – you know where you where you do that kind of muddle huddle and you get to the line real quick and just to just to change the look. I think that was good. I mean, when especially when your offense is a little stagnant in the first half, you saw some different things. You saw some quick snaps. You saw some get to the line and let's you know let's look over. You saw some huddling, um, and, I, and I think you know anything to change the look. But yeah, that play was was a heck of a play. And and then they went back to the same formation later, did the same thing. And that's when he pitched it to Balazs. Balazs did the hurdle on the sideline. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so, so they, you know, again, it's, it's growing out of that. And you saw the one play work and then, you know, you do the same thing. They're thinking, Oh, we gotta, we gotta look for the tight end. Well, this time you pitch it and, and you, you know, you bring another element into play. So uh, mm-hmm. yeah, I was, I was impressed by the, offensive design again um and and again i'll say it you know impressed by the commitment to running the ball because in spite of what the tv announcer said about how oh we never forget to run the ball we did last year at times you and i discussed it many times and last last night's game was a game you could have easily you know started throwing it every down and try to you know make it up real quick and they didn't do that so i was i was happy with that and that would have been exactly what cal wanted Cal yes. wants to get ahead and then say, okay, well, let's, let's just have a track meet now because now right. we're up by two right. scores. Exactly. And, and, you know, for as much as I'm, I'm happy with what Manny's done, I don't think he's yet the quarterback that you want 
you know, to be standing back and throwing 50 times, you know, we're, we're not in that place with him. And I'm not sure you ever want to be in that, not, not to knock him, but just the way this offense works, at least this year with these two running backs, you don't want to do that. You know, that's, that's a recipe for disaster. I think if you're throwing it that many times and again, last night would have been an easy game to think, well, we're down two touchdowns The running games not working. We got to step on the gas here. We got to throw, throw, throw. Um, and I don't think that would have worked out. And, and so I'm happy with the way we, we stayed to our game plan, didn't panic, made some adjustments, but didn't, you know, didn't get away from who we were. I think that's absolutely right. I think that it's the, it's the second game of the season where the play calling in the first half from Chip Lindsay left me a little confused. And yeah. in the second half, I thought he was totally dialed in. It seemed like yeah. everything he wanted to get was working. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think they scored on seven out of eight possessions in the second half. Um, so, I mean, that's that's as good as you can now. Some of, one of that's a defensive one, and one of that's a special teams. But, but nonetheless, you know, I mean, you're you're putting the ball, you're putting points on the board every time you have the ball. And and again, you know, go back to the defensive side. It's what you're going to have to do a lot. There's going to be more games like that. You know, um, the next couple I think will be a little different, just because of the offenses we we have against us, but. You know, Colorado, that's a that's a high-scoring team. You're seeing that that's not a gimme game at all anymore. And then Washington State, that's another one. You know, Oregon after that. Arizona later on if they get their offense clicking like it normally does. So there's going to be more games where the offense has to do that. And, and uh, you know, it's, it's good to see that they've, you know, found a way to do it a couple times now. And one of the things that was key to ASU scoring and being able to do things like this is having a kicker like Zane Gonzalez. Yeah, yeah, yeah. continues to – to be rock solid, um, you know, made all three field goals, put the put the kickoffs in the end zone every single time except the last one where he had to kick from the 20, um, you know, and, and uh, just, you know, one of those things that uh, you, you say you could take it for granted, but I think both of us are too wise to take it for granted given some of the kicking struggles we've had over the recent years um, that, you know, it's, it's tremendously nice to feel like, Boy, we scored, we have momentum, and you know what? we got a kicker who can just blast the ball at the end zone. We don't have to worry about giving up a return, uh, which, of course, you know, going to Davis Webb, that's what happened in the Holiday Bowl. You know, we had a little momentum, we scored, we were within seven, kickoff, return for a touchdown, and the momentum is immediately gone. Um, and so, you know, to think of that last night was, was really nice to think, hey, this, this guy, you know, he's going to just put the ball in the end zone, we're fine. Yeah. I will say the fight back ASU showed because they had a play like that at the end of this half, you know, at the end of the first half of this game. They yeah. scored a touchdown. It's like, okay, yeah. we finally got clicking. There's a minute left. Let's just – and Davis Webb leads him down. Quick score before the half. And yeah. I will say probably the play I had the biggest problem with all night was our one play after they scored where we call a quarterback draw. That seemed like an unnecessary time to give Manny another hit. Um, true, true. Yeah, but yeah. But Agreed. we came uh, yeah. back out and we made it look good in the second half. And we, you know, yeah. putting up yeah. 31 points in a quarter, I don't care if you have, you know, three turnovers no. and a special teams touchdown. That's still impressive. They all count the same. Yeah, yeah. It doesn't matter how you get them. Um, and, and, you know, I was, I was thinking last night after I got home, you know, uh, that if, if anybody, you know, didn't know what, didn't know anything about this team, but they could go back and read our text exchanges through the first four games you'd probably think this team was closer to 0-4 than 4-0. Because every game has, has been a little ugly. There have been, there've been struggles. There have been times we question things. Um, you know, this, this is not a, 
it's not a team that you know you, you go out and in game you feel real good about. But boy, so far post game, they've given us reason to feel good. They closed strong against NAU, turned a close game into a blowout. Um, you know they pulled away from Texas Tech with good offense and timely defense. Big comeback against UTSA needed you know needed basically perfect execution on both sides in the second half and got it. And then last night, you know, to come back from two touchdowns down and. You know, it's it's the difference so far from last year to this year is winning these games like the last two weeks. Last year's team doesn't win these games. And that's not to knock those guys, but we lost a ton of close games last year, a ton of toss-up games. And and that team wasn't all that different from the 10-win teams that we had the previous two years, but they couldn't close the deal. And the last two weeks, we've, you know, shown we can close the deal. Yeah. I mean, this is the first time we've gone 4 and 0 to open a season since Dennis Erickson's first year and and we, that is sort of surprising <laughs> considering that Graham's built a couple 10 win seasons it is it is and 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 you know in some ways and i look at i mean we don't know where the season's going to go but it's sort of an apt comparison because that team started 4 and 0 and i think went on to start 8 and 0 but they had some games where it looked like they were going to lose you know i remember Oregon State was up on us, I think, 22 to 7 or 22 nothing maybe in that game, and, and we came back and won. Um, you know, and, and that team, that team was a team that wasn't as good as the record indicated. And this team may kind of be the same, but I'll take that. I'll, you know, I'll, I'll gladly walk away with eight or nine wins and feel like, you know, this team probably is more of a six win team, but we won eight or nine. I'm more than happy to take that because last year, was the opposite. I think last year's team was better than the record indicated. That was that was better than a six-win team. But we again, we didn't win the games that were winnable. We should have beat Oregon. We should have beat Cal. We should have beat Washington State. You know, and then that's a different field. Well, and the other thing that happens when you start four and zero, and we've talked about this both in the context of football and basketball, winning builds confidence, which leads to more winning. Absolutely. You know, uh, that's now another they, thing I was thinking. Yeah, this team's four and zero. They feel like. Hey, we come back on the road. We yeah. come back from down two scores against a team that's one of the top offenses in the country. Right, right. Show me yeah. the game I we mean, can't win now. And that was that 2017. You know, that team won a lot of close games, and, and you know, the, the bubble got popped a couple times. You know, they went to Oregon and got beat, and then the Thanksgiving game against USC was a blowout. And those, those teams were just better. But belief does go a long ways, and, and that's the thing. Last year, I keep going back to this, last year that belief was sort of punctured right away. Week one, because that game was winnable. Um, we hadn't played well, but we were right there going to the fourth quarter, and we didn't get it done. And we built that game up so much, and it just felt like from then on that belief was not there. That, hey, we can get it done when it matters most. Even if we weren't getting it done earlier in the game, we can figure it out. This team seems to have that. Now, it's early. We're going to face better competition than Cal and Texas Tech, but those are good. Those are two solid wins over – over solid teams um I, you know neither team is is gonna be a you know conference title contender i don't think i thought texas tech was but their defense is pretty bad um you know but but nonetheless it's it's good to get those wins and to have that that confidence because then if you find yourself next week down in the fourth quarter you know you may not win but at least you're not thinking oh god you know we're in trouble here you got a collective mentality of, hey, we've, we've done this before. We can make it work. Absolutely. And, you know, the rest of the conference is sort of opening up 
ASU's got yep. a, a favorable schedule with our misses against the North. Yeah, yeah. I mean, definitely missing Stanford. Um, you know, it'd be it'd be nice, I suppose, to play Oregon State, but um, you know, that's the trade-off. You probably you miss maybe the best team, and you miss maybe the worst team. Um, but yeah, I mean, you know, and and these next two weeks, and you know, we've we've played this LA stretch back to back the last couple years, and it's been. Uh, you know, the, the highs and lows of the season in some ways because, you know, we've, we've gone to L.A. and won both games and we've been blown out at home. Uh, but, you know, they, they both look winnable. Now, you know, we'll talk more about USC the next time, I know. But, you know, USC is one of those teams that as soon as you give up on them, they come out and play great. And you see the talent and you think, boy, this team's really good. Um, and so I'm not taking this game for granted by any means just because they're one and three. They still have a lot of talent. It's on the road. Um, and you know UCLA is a different style. It's going to be interesting. We've played so many kind of high tempo, high scoring games. They don't want to play that way anymore. They're they're playing that Stanford style, grind it out, long possessions, huddle and run the ball. And uh, you know, um, so we'll see. But but you know, yeah, looking ahead, I mean, it, it's it's not it's not that daunting the next couple weeks as, as maybe you might have thought it would be. On the flip side, though. The Colorado Buffaloes go into Autzen and win, and that game for us yeah. now no longer looks like the gimme that no, I thought at the start. Uh, of the I mean, year. it's it's not even a game that you feel confident about. You know, a fifty-fifty. I mean, that, that, look, they've played well. I mean, they beat a Colorado State team who's not great, but they beat them up. And and you know, Colorado State. You know, look, they they beat UTSA, its common opponent, um, and they played pretty well at Minnesota yesterday. Minnesota beat them, but. You know, that's not a terrible team, and Colorado made them look terrible. Um, and, and, you know, now they go and beat Oregon. They played well at Michigan for two and a half quarters, and the game kind of got away from them a little bit. But um, this is a good team, obviously. They've, they've progressed. Uh, you know, how much? We'll see. But, yeah, I mean, that's, that's no longer a game that you feel like, oh, that Colorado will win that one. No, no, that's a, that's a much dicier proposition right now. Their quarterback, uh, Cepho Lufau, missed the game against Oregon. The backup, Steven Montez, threw for 333 yards and three touchdowns. He also rushed 21 times for 135 <laughs> yards and a touchdown. And looked, it, it, it was like watching a fighter. When he would get up yeah. from the end of the run, he was being helped to the huddle. He was, <laughs> And then as soon as the ball gets snapped, he was back on. Just immediately it was okay. For that seven seconds, and then yeah, yeah, I mean it's it's impressive, you know, to to go in there and win it all um, has been a, a tough task, and certainly to go in there with your backup quarterback when you know we saw last week they they weren't they weren't the same without Lufau, you know, with Lufau in the game they were right there with Michigan, and and if he plays the whole game, who knows how that game ends? But um, you know, the kid played well. Obviously, I didn't you know I didn't get to watch much of it, but uh, the numbers were impressive. Now, you know. Does that game say more about Colorado or Oregon? The jury's out on that. You know, I mean, we'll see. Um, this, Oregon is, is off to another slow start like they did last year, and they don't have Vernon Adams to come and ride to the rescue this year. They, you know, they don't have the excuse of, oh, our quarterback's injured. Um, this is the guy they wanted, and, uh, you know, the offense isn't necessarily the problem, but it's not as dominant as it was in the past, and the defense still has holes, obviously. Uh, you know, going to Autzen for us has been a house of horrors. But, you know, as you said, the Colorado game looks tougher. The game at Oregon doesn't look as tough. Mm-hmm. I will say this for Colorado. The one thing, you know, I know you didn't get to see the end of the game, but, you know, 
the tears of joy coming from the coach and the players yeah. for the win, which is great. It's it's incredible that they you know got this win in Odson sure. against a power. But you kind of wonder if this was a little bit like when a, you know when a 14 seed upsets a three in March Madness, and you watch them celebrate like they won the whole tournament. It's like, well, there's yeah. there's more games to play, guys. Like right, right. And I mean, it, it's it's a situation where I wouldn't mind if we played them this week. Um, you know, I don't know who they play this week, but it's uh, Oregon State. So Oregon they State. Gotta... So that's that's a game you could probably let down and still win, I suppose. But but then again, for Colorado, they shouldn't be taking anything for granted. This uh, you know, I I heard last night they've only, this is only their sixth conference win since joining the conference or something like that and third in the last four years um so you know they they shouldn't take any for granted but uh yeah i mean you, you always wonder uh, you know uh, changing conferences but same thing with tennessee you saw the emotion that they had in winning that game and it was a big big win but they got to get up for georgia next week on the road and yeah georgia looked bad yesterday but that that's one of those where you think you know boy can they can they muster that emotion a second time in seven days, that's hard to do. We've, we've seen that. You know, we had that big win over Notre Dame. We felt really, really good a couple of years ago, and we go to Corvallis and we get beat. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, they, they shouldn't take anything for granted. Um, other games of note in the conference, Washington survives an overtime scare in Arizona. Yeah. You know, Jake Browning does enough to get the win. You know, but yeah. but really, it, for Washington, it was all about Coleman and 180 yards on the ground. Yeah, I mean, you know, they it sounded like fun. I didn't, you know, see any of that game because I, I was watching ours and then there, and um, it sounded like they statistically dominated that game and couldn't quite pull away. I think I read they had like a 171 to 12 yardage advantage in the second half at one point, and then and they hadn't. They'd only scored one touchdown. Um, you know, so so it looked like they were the better team. But, you know, they survived a, a potential slip-up, same with Stanford. Uh, um, you know, they, both teams, and they, they play this Friday, so that's a huge showdown. You know, both teams went on the road and, and you know, were, were in trouble late. You know, Stanford was down, Washington in overtime, and they both survived it. And, and that's, you know, that's all you can do in that situation. Like, it wasn't pretty for either team. Um, they're both going to have to get better if they want to keep winning, but they got through this week. And Stanford, you know, knocks off UCLA. Tough game at the Rose Bowl. Oh, boy, and it was exactly what UCLA wanted. I mean, that's that's the disappointing thing for them. And, and you know, uh, again, another another situation where you think, boy, I wouldn't mind it. That game was this week, um, although we do have a USC team coming off a tough loss too. But, boy, UCLA built that game up. They, they really kind of, you know, tried to change their identity for Stanford. And, and it worked. For you know, fifty nine minutes, they they had out physical them. They you know they had made the plays. Um, Rosen looked solid, uh, and and uh, they just couldn't get the stop. And it all started with the fair catch interference, which you know, look, I mean, they still had to go seventy yards, but you can't give them free fifteen yards. This is a good team. That it's a team that knows how to win. And you know, if you're up by four points, you certainly don't want to hand up fifteen yards on the last drive. Yeah, I will say this. After the game, the sideline camera caught Eddie Vanderdose, oh, the yeah. defensive lineman, just going nuts on the Yeah, UCLA I don't sideline. know what he was talking about, but yeah, I mean, you couldn't help but watch that and think, boy, you know, for the opposite reasons as Tennessee and Colorado, but you always wonder about emotion in situations like that. And, you know, that plays such a big factor, especially in college football, I think, even more so than the NFL. Like, you know, did they build this one up so much that they can't recover? Or maybe, you know, maybe they'll, they'll recover fine. Maybe they'll come out on fire next week because they're mad and, 
and they want to prove a point. But yeah, you, you had to wonder leaving that game when you when really again you you changed your team's identity in a lot of ways to match up with a team like Stanford, and you did, but you still didn't get the job done. It's disappointing. Absolutely, but what's not disappointing is ASU's four and zero. They got a. You know, they've got their first four-game winning streak to open a season since yeah. the Dennis Erickson era. And Todd Graham, we, we did say before the season, this is where he likes to yeah. be. He likes yeah. to be on the, you know, we were picked to finish fifth in the conference, uh, in the South, yeah. I'm sorry. Uh, I, we had some, you know, we've already matched or exceeded some national projections for ASU. Yeah, 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 <laughs> you're right. Yeah, I mean, yeah, you know, again, there's a ways to go in the, the identity of this season is is still to be determined, but um, you know you got to like the first third. And, you know we're a third of the way in, we don't have a loss, and that's a good feeling. You know because because like you said, it's been a while since we've made it this many games in without a loss. Now, you know mitigating factors, obviously playing you know some tougher games earlier in the season maybe than this year, but but this hasn't it's not been a total cupcake route. You know we we played a couple of good teams, and and we found a way to win them and. And we you went know, on the road. We got yeah, a, we got yeah, a road victory, you know, and, and now we go back on the road for a a talented, albeit um, confusing team. I guess is the best way to put it. But uh, you know, we'll we'll see. I think we have as good a chance uh, to win that game as as any. Um, you know, and and hopefully we can turn things around from the way they went last year, where they just blew us off the field right away, basically. That's the hope. We are going to go a little bit deeper midweek and do our deep dive into the USC-ASU game. But until then, I'm Ben. He's Matt. It's the Ben and Matt Sportscast.